Welcome to the Band of Brothers Cycling Podcast. In this series, we talk about the biggest races in cycling and how we prepare for them and give you some insight into the personalities within the team. Hi everyone and welcome to the Lombardia edition of the Band of Brothers Podcast. I'm Steph, one of the team's press officers, and today we're going to be joined by the one and only Enrico Gasparotto. The last of the five monuments on the World Tour calendar, the Race of the Falling Leaves, is one of the hardest one-day races in the season. It signals for many the final big goal of the year. The 117th edition of the race this year will play host to the final road racing showdown for several of cycling's biggest names. So let's dive right into it. First things first, Gaspar, thanks very much for joining us today. It's a pleasure, as always, uh, to be part of this uh, interesting podcast, no? And to my colleague Andreas, thanks to you as well. Ciao, Steph, and uh, ciao, Gaspar. It's been a while since you've joined us here. Uh, yeah, I think more than a year, could be. Yeah, last year. Yeah, I'm saying that means that I'm still alive. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Gaspar, Lombardia, the race of the falling leaves, the last monument and the only monument in autumn. What does the race between Como and Bergamo mean to you personally? What do you connect with the race? I mean, you live close by and so you probably know every climb and every corner. Yeah, I mean, uh, we have two monuments in Italy. One is San Remo and is always uh, next to my birthday. And uh, and it's obviously special for that reason, and because also it's the first one. And we have also the last one, the, the, that is Lombardia. And uh, yeah, like you said, I'm living uh, close to Como. So I know, yes, the roads. And, um, and actually, I have to say that I really love much more the editions that uh, are finishing in Como compared to Bergamo because of, uh, yeah, um, Como is uh, where my training roads in the past. And uh, also was um, the final was with shorter climbs and more punchy. So the, that sweet more me as a rider that I was. But yeah, my relationship with, uh, with Lombardia is a, is a special one. So the Italian classic season is in full swing already and it's already been an eventful week of racing so far. Let's take a look back at what's happened in the past few days. How would you rate the performance that we've had so far? Yeah, I think uh, generally um, we started the, the campaign, Italian campaign with the Giro dell'Emilia. And uh, yeah, we could see a good uh, Vlasov there, um, and uh, and it was nice to see that that he could recover well after a hard Vuelta, um, because uh, Alex has been quite unlucky, unlucky this year with uh, with many sicknesses uh, during during the whole year. So to see him there, up there, to fight for a good result was uh, something something good for him and also for us as a team. Um, then we did Bernocchi. Coppa Bernocchi was actually went uh, not like we expected and we dreamed for. And uh, I am definitely not happy about uh, you know the approach that the, that the guys had on that day. 
But yesterday in Trevali Varesine we had again a good Alex and uh, this is quite promising for uh, Lombardia because Trevali Varesine is, uh, is always an hard race and it's always difficult to be up there and uh, I think the best nine guys were up front so uh, we, we can, you know, yeah, we can approach Lombardia with... Um, with a good feeling, with good vibes, and uh, hoping also for a good result. Now on to Il Lombardia itself. Let's start. Let's start off with an exploration of the parkour. This year it's Como Bergamo. Is it just the other way around compared to the last year, or have there been major changes to the to the race route? Uh, this year, yeah, uh, Lombardia um, actually is the is on the same parkour of Lombardia 2021. There's no changes compared to that edition of Lombardia. And um, yeah, it's, it's a different course because uh, when uh, Lombardia finished in, uh, in Como, we have a super hard final with uh, yeah, short, kind of short climbs because uh, Civiglio is four kilometers long and uh, and San Fermo is 1.5 kilometer long. So um, the approach of Lombardia of Como for sure, with the finishing Como is for sure different compared to what we will have on Saturday. Because on Saturday we have this long climb, Ganda, with, uh, with more than, with 20K to go, even more. Uh, but it's a long climb, it takes uh, 30 minutes to go over it. And uh, for sure, it's uh, and is also far from the finish. So uh, it's just different approach, and probably suits better uh, Alex, I would say, with uh, because is uh, is uh, more a climber. No, last year we had uh, Sergio up there, uh, and for Sergio, for sure, uh, he he likes more uh, the Lombardia with the finishing Como because it's more punchy and uh, he suits more a rider like his. So I would say, yeah, it's it's different approach compared to last year, but can be more interesting for us. Isn't it still punchy with the um, Cole Aperto like four kilometers from the finish line? Yeah, but it's uh, you know what what the the race will be decided on this Ganda climb because uh, it's that hard and that long that uh, I expected uh, really fireworks from uh, UAE and Jumbo. And uh, and then will be yeah kind of punchy final. But if we go back to 2021, the races were decided uh, on the long climb. So I really expected a big explosion there, and uh, only the guys who have proper good legs they will make to the finish in front. Uh, tactically wise, I mean there is this big fight in between Jumbo and UAE. To, to win the UCI ranking at the end of the season and I think we could see that already in the races here in Italy and and uh, yeah we can try to take the our be, the, uh, the benefit out of that 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 fight and this is actually what we, we will be focused on. So Alex has shown his good form so far at Emilia and Trevelli. Um, I take it that then he will be our leader, so to speak. What cards can we play with him and the other guys on Saturday? Yeah, I think uh, Alex is the solo leader. <laughs> on that, we don't have doubts because, uh, yeah, Sergio is, um, yeah, he's also not feeling super good and uh, he struggled a bit also yesterday in Trevalli. 
and uh, enjoy and lucky got sick after the Canadian races so it took really a while for him to to be back on track and um, I think um, for that reason we yeah we start with Alex as solo leader and uh, Jai and Sergio will support Alex Alex as long as possible and and then it's all about legs honestly there's not too much tactics uh, and not too much sur- too many surprises uh, we could see that already in the uh, in Giro dell'Emilia because uh, yeah UAE and Jumbo they don't have problems to take control of the race immediately so and then there is this long climb that uh, anyway will make uh, the difference uh, in between in between the leaders so it's uh, from my point of view as a sport director it's uh, it's quite easy um, we are living a modern cycling <laughs> and uh, in the last few races we could see how you know Jumbo and UAE are are a little bit superior of everybody and that's uh, there's not too much to invent uh, as a sport director or to to invent tactics or something so yeah it's and we are, like we said at the beginning of the podcast, at the end of the season. So uh, the, there is a reason why they call Lombardia the classics of the fallen leaves. Caspar, no? <laughs> as a rider, you've raced Lombardia several times. There are, I have spotted a few did not finish, but also a fifth place from you. So was it always all in? So either did not finish or a top result? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, I love statistics. No, in general, so in few edition of Lombardia that I could have finished them, I thought, okay, I'm not fighting for a top ten today because I'm not good enough. Or I was with Nibali, that was our the leader, so I had to pull for him. So I always drop off the race because I didn't want to finish Lombardia without a top ten. No, <laughs> I did. I did only one, and that was a nice result for me because it was a difficult year. And uh, all the rest of Lombardia that I that I was there at DNF, uh, <laughs> that's why no statistic. If I finish uh, that, I, I love I love to have this statistic about Lombardia. If I finish Lombardia, is a top ten. Otherwise, it's DNF. <laughs> that's a really good statistic, though. And. How does your own experience of racing here count in your role as a DS now? Uh, I mean, what uh, the only thing that I can bring to the riders is a little bit my experience. But we also, us as sport directors, we have to admit that cycling is changing so fast. So sometimes it's also difficult from, uh, for us to understand uh, a little bit the race situation. Because uh, as ride, former riders, we were used to probably different approach to the races and uh, and sometimes it's also difficult to read the race from the car but yeah experience I have and uh, I try to 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 bring that to them uh, but mainly I think my role at the moment at the end of the season also is to try to motivate the riders and because uh, um, Lombardia is is the last one and uh, if you are not motivated it's really hard to go through but if you are motivated if you have a goal if uh, you have a precise role then it's much easier and then probably we can get the best out of out of our riders you're talking there about your role 
um, to motivate the riders. Can you tell us a little bit more concrete about what it is you actually do in the race car behind the race? So you're sort of a guiding force heard by the riders but not seen too often. What will you be doing from the back of the race this Saturday to help our guys? I will take a nap (laughs) 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 and let them ride. Uh, I mean, uh, for me, it's more uh, giving them the information about the race parkour, which I know, and uh, they also actually know because they all did, uh, almost all did uh, Lombardia in 2021. But to remind them the the crucial points or the difficulties that the parkour had, has, and um, and then, you know, it's always different. You have Sometimes you have riders that they really love to be pushed by radio, like Jai is, for example, and then you have riders that they ask you to not talk too much, to not do podcasts at the radio, like it happened already. So uh, you always have to understand, try to understand them and try to give them what they really need, instructions, or push if they really love it. Um, but it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's much more support than, uh, than, than something else. How do you specifically prepare for a race such as uh, Lombardia? Even though you know the parkour, but are you doing another recon to see how road conditions are or just spend several hours on VeloFuel? Uh, with Lombardia that I know pretty well the roads, plus we also did uh, those roads in a stage in Giro d'Italia this year, so um, I didn't do any recon by car. Um, we were thinking and planning to go with the riders to maybe do the recon of the final, but as I said, Alex did already um, in the past, so we we preferred and we decided today to skip the recon and to give to the riders less stress as possible and more time to recover from uh, Trevali Varesine. So we we prefer to to give them more rest. And, uh, and less stress uh, to, to compare to do a recon because for us uh, to do a recon uh, where we are now it means that we have to spend 2-3 hours in the car plus 2-3 hours on the bike and, uh, and like, a, like we said also before we are at the end of the season so freshness in a race hard race like Lombardia is, is the key and that's why we, we decide to skip it and uh, me, I, I spent a few hours on VeloViewer, yes, but uh, the fact that I know properly well the roads, uh, it helps me a lot. And and uh, to spend less hours on VeloViewer, <laughs> I will do obviously a presentation to the riders with uh, with some points that I think are uh, important to, to know, and, uh, and that's it. What have our riders been doing to reach top shape one more time this season and uh, to prepare for this last big race of the season i mean um as uh, we had alex did the vuelta so actually after vuelta was all about recovery was all about to try to to get again energies to be up there to do a good ra- to good to do good races here in italy so really for alex sergio and uh, and the guys that who did Vuelta and they are here, it's for them was just recovery process, and uh, it was different, a bit different for Jai. But as I said, uh, lucky got sick, so the idea with Jai was to 
uh, restart the season after the, the Tour de France uh, with the kind of highlights in Montreal and then Montreal race in Canada and then Lombardia. Uh, but uh, yeah, that plan uh, got destroyed by the sickness and uh, yeah, now we have a guy that is not He's not on his 100% and uh, we have to probably use him in a different way and compare what we were thinking a uh, few few weeks ago. Uh, but yeah, there's not uh, rock and science, I think, for this Lombardia in terms of preparation and, and approach. Um, one last thing that I wanted to ask you. Selecting the right squad for a race like this can be a bit of a balancing act. For Lombardia, what do you look for when you put a squad together? What are the attributes that you want to have for a race like this? And ideally, what would your dream squad look like? <laughs> Good question. I mean, we are such a strong riders that um, I think uh, at this period of the year, the most difficult thing is to get them at their uh, 100% without any sickness. <laughs> and uh, this could be my dream dream team having Jai having Alex having Sergio at their at their let's say maybe not 100% because it's always difficult to get all of them uh, the top shape but that would be the ideal ideal scenario having three guys like them uh, talented like they are at their best then could be the ideal squad plus uh, we have a, a group of guys like Bob or uh, Jungles or Giovanni Aleotti they are really good on on uh, they're really good team players, so um, having all of them in their top shape could be really fun because then you can really have an impact on the race and you can really decide to to influence the race in a way that you want. But uh, yeah, unlucky is not is not the case this year. But yeah, it would be really nice and great to have all of them. Uh, and the top spot and that would be fun also for, for us for the directors in the car probably moving away from this year's edition a bit what are your ambitions for the team in the future at this race uh, probably we can go back to the question you did to me before no uh, I think uh, with the team that we have we can win Lombardy like we can win Liege as well and uh, so with the riders that we have in our uh, in our uh, in our roster, so um, yeah, the ambition is always to to be here, to arrive here with them in top shape, to try to to win this race because uh, first of all it's a monumentum, and then uh, for me also is uh, in Italy or next to my home, so it would be really nice to win, and it's always a nice feeling to win a monumento for the. From my perspective as sport director in the car, but for the team as well and for the riders themselves as well. So we have only five monumentum in the race calendar, so obviously the dream is to win them. Big race, big girls. Absolutely, yes. And a big team as well, no? So thanks to you, Gasper, for joining us today. It's always a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Uh, thank you, you, for having me and yeah. Good uh, enjoy enjoy Saturday to everybody, and I hope that we can uh, we can be up there and do really great. And as always, thanks to you, Andreas, as well. Thank you, Steph, and uh, thank you very much, Caspar. All the best uh, to Italy and good luck. Thanks.
And last but not least, thanks to you, our listeners, for joining us for this Lombardia-themed edition of the Band of Brothers podcast. We hope to see you again for the next one. Until then. 